0: Happy Father's Day to all fathers out there. Happy Father's Day to all grandfathers out there. Happy Father's Day to all great grandfathers out there. Can I ask all the fathers to stand, please? Now the fathers can be seated, but I want the grandfathers to remain standing. Another round of applause. Do we have any great grandfathers in the house today? Remain standing while the grandfathers sit. Another round of applause. Do I dare great 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 grandfather? But welcome to all of you. Anyone here uh, visiting for the very first time, never been to Calvary Bible Church, can you indicate by raising your hand? Okay, right in the back here. <laughs> Anybody else? Right here. Okay, right here. Welcome. Is that everybody? Anybody else? Balcony? Okay. Do we have any visiting fathers here today? Could I ask that you stand, please? No visiting fathers right here. Okay. Welcome. Okay, I have a little exercise. I'm not a father yet, but hopefully soon I'll be someday. So I want some help from you, fathers out there. I want you to help me as I try to, you know, prepare to be a father. I've got a little poll for you. Now. Young women normally, when they're young, dream about a couple of things when they grow up. They dream about their wedding day. They dream about uh, marriage. They dream about being a mother. I want to know how many of you, as young man fathers, dreamed of being a father. Just indicate by raising your hand. Just, I just want to see. Any, anybody? Okay. I, I think a lot about being a father. So, I need to know if that's a problem or not. I saw one hand back there that said you did dream of being a father. So, uh, was it everything you dreamed it would be or was it? Yeah? Yeah? Okay. And for those of you who didn't dream of being a father, do you think it makes a difference whether you dream of being a father as a young person as to how you become a father? No? It doesn't? You just man up and you, you do it. Right? Because that's what you got to do. All right. How many of you think of fatherhood as fun? Just raise your hand. Just raise your hand. Just Fun. Fun. Blast. Wonderful. 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 Okay. I can look forward to fun then. Okay. Um, how many of you think of fatherhood as a job or a career? Like something you, not necessarily have to do, but, you know, it's, it's full time. It's, you know, you got to do it. Over here? Okay. Good. 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 That's something I have to look forward to. Thank you so much for your help. I think I'm much more prepared now for whenever I face that, you know, that a particular phase in life. Okay, I'm ask everyone to stand now. Everyone. Today is about fathers. Uh we welcome fathers. We said happy Father's Day to Fathers. We also gotta remember that uh God is our Heavenly Father, and so we have to recognize Him as well on this Father's Day. So on the count of three, I want everyone just all of your gratitude, all of your thankfulness for God, to God for being a great father. Just happy Father's Day on the count of three. One, two, three.
1: Happy Father's Day!
0: Thank you very much. Now we will bow in prayer. When I say amen also, I want you to do it again. Just happy Father's Day to God again, just to reinforce that. Heads bowed nice close, please. Dear God and Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day you've given us. We thank you for the opportunity to come before you and to recognize our fathers and uh, the ultimate example of fatherhood, which is you. We ask that you would bless this service today as we um, celebrate fathers and uh, the wonderful blessing they are to us in our day-to-day lives, the reminder they are to us of you and the reminder you are to us of them. I ask that you would have your way in this service, that you would cause everyone here to be blessed, and that your word would not return unto you void. Thank you once again for all that will transpire, and I ask that you would have preeminence, and that you would be blessed by the proceedings. In Jesus' precious and holy name we pray. Amen. Happy Father's Day! Uh, some people didn't remember. Let's try it one more time. One, two, three. Happy Father's Day! Great job. You may be seated. Now, today's theme for the service is Men of Honor. And the theme verse is taken from Joshua, chapter 24, verse 15. I think it's familiar to a lot of you, but I'm going to read it. And if it is evil in your eyes to serve the Lord, choose this day whom you will serve, whether the gods your father served in the region beyond the river, or the gods, the Amorites, in whose land you dwell. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. And I trust that will be the prayer of every father in here today. If it is not now, then hopefully by the end of the service, that will be your prayer. And um, now, we sing.
2: We're going to praise the Lord, our Father, today. And we have a team of uh, men up here to, to just sing and praise the Lord today, and uh, we we trust that you would just join us in worshiping our Father today. So let's stand together as we sing our praises to him. May we all be like David, as men who follow hard after the Lord. He said, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul will make its boast in the Lord. The humble will hear and be glad. Magnify the Lord with me. Let us exalt his name together. I will families. Whom have I? My strong tower. Let's praise them Shelter. Happy Moon 46. Altogether, let's read it. God is our refuge and strength, always ready to help in times of trouble. So we will not fear when earthquakes come and the mountains crumble into the sea. Let the oceans roar and foam. Let the mountains tremble as the waters surge. wonderful truth together of who our God is. A mighty
3: fortress is our God of-
2: kingdom. is forever. He is King of kings. He's Lord of Lords. Amen. And we could say the Lord Praise
0: the Lord. And now uh, we just want to give a special welcome to our brother David Aubrey as he comes to present the message today.
4: Let's open in a word of prayer, please. Father, we thank you for the ultimate Father, you, the Lord God, Father Almighty. You are the ultimate Father. You're the Father that taught how to love, how to give, how to sacrifice. And you're the Father that gave the greatest gift of all, the Lord Jesus Christ, that he would come and die for our salvation. And then you've sent us the gift of the Holy Spirit to be with us and guide us. Quiet our hearts now. Be with us, Lord, as we try to tell the story of these men of honor, men of courage. And as I present my life story that they've asked me to present. And I praise praise you, Father, for everything that's going to be said or done. And I give you thanks now in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And be with every part of this service that's going to take place afterwards also. In Jesus' name, amen. I want to welcome all the fathers again, all the grandfathers, great grandfathers, a couple of them, and uh, all the fathers that want to, all the men that want to be fathers, fathers to be. I want to welcome you. This is a great day. I count it a great privilege to be able to speak to you today. Before I start, I want to tell you a little joke just to break the tension. This monk, was going into the, ministry, into the monastery, and he wanted to serve in this certain monastery, and they said, well, you've got to serve for 15 years and prove yourself before we let you become a full-time monk. But every five years, you can only speak two words. We, you have to have silence and have your vows in here, and you pray and meditate every, all day long, and at the end of five years, you can say two words. He said, okay, I'll try that. So at the end of the first five years, he came out, they said, what do you have to say? He said, dead hard. So he went back in and he served his another five years. And after the 10th year, he came out. They said, what do you have to say now? He says, food bad. <laughs> they said, OK, you go back in and serve you. So after the 15th year, he came out and they said, well, what do you have to say? Because this determines whether you could be here with us or not. He said, I quit. <laughs> the head monks as well. It's just as well because all you've done is complain for 15 years. I'm not going to speak just two words like the monk, but it's going to be short. I can guarantee you that. It's not going to be long like some people we know. This, this, uh, this movie clip that I'm going to show you right now is about men that wanted to honor God from the movie Courageous. How many of you have seen the movie Courageous? A great majority of you. It was a wonderful, wonderful movie. I wept. Any father that could watch that movie and not weep, they need to watch it again because it really, touch, it'll touch you. Uh, especially when the, the stories they tell and how these, these fathers, what they went through. These men decided they wanted to honor God and they made a plow and, ma- and they made a, a vow and they made a pledge and they had a church service to do it. And I'd like to show you that four minute clip right now.
5: I can't tell you what an honor this is for me today. To hear the commitment that you men are making for your faith and your families was almost overwhelming. Nathan, I'd like for you to come and stand before me and your wife and children to stand beside me. My son in the faith, I took joy in mentoring you as a young man And today I take joy In blessing you as a godly father Are you ready to make this commitment Before God and your family Yes I am Then I'd like for you to repeat after me I Nathan Hayes Do solemnly resolve before God I Nathan Hayes Do solemnly resolve before God To take poor responsibility For myself My wife and my children that I will take full responsibility for myself, my wife, and my children. I will love them, protect them, and serve them. I will love them, protect them, and serve them. And teach them the statutes of God as the spiritual leader of my home. And teach them the statutes of God as the spiritual leader of my home. I will be faithful to my
6: wife to love
5: and honor her.
6: I'll be faithful to my wife to love and honor her
5: and be willing to lay down my life for her, as Christ did for me...
6: and be willing to lay down my life for her, as Christ did for me..
5: I will teach my son to love God with all of his heart all of his mind and all of his strength...
6: I will teach my son to love God with all of his heart all of his mind and all of his strength
5: and I will train him to honor authority and live
6: responsibly... I will train him to honor authority and to live responsibly... I will
4: confront evil, pursue justice, and love mercy. I will treat others with kindness, respect, and compassion.
7: I will work diligently to
5: provide for the needs of my family. I will forgive those who have wronged me
6: and reconcile with those who I have wronged. I will walk in integrity as a man answerable to God.
7: I will seek to honor God, obey his word, and do his will.
6: As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord.
5: Now that each of you has committed to live by this resolution, I bless you in the name of the Lord. But I also have a warning for each of you. Now that you know what you are to do and have committed to do it before God and these witnesses, you are doubly accountable. Let me also assure you that you may have confidence in this resolution and your resolve now. Because as you stand here, there's no challenge, no controversy, and no conflict. But I can assure you that challenges will arise, conflicts will arise, and controversy will arise. It is at that moment that in order to live out this resolution, you will need courage, courage, courage.
4: resolution. How many of us could make that? That's fantastic. Well, I want to read to you Genesis 2.24. Genesis 2.24 says, Therefore shall a man leave his father and his mother, and shall cleave unto his wife, and they shall be one flesh. God told Adam and Eve that in the Garden of Edom. The family was instituted in the Garden of Eden. The family Was the first institution the Lord Jesus Christ instituted on this earth. Not the church, the family. Family comes first. Of course, we all know God is first in our lives, but the family comes first, then the church, and then your friends and others. And this is what, this is what I want to tell you. The family was instituted in the Garden of Eden, and it's a privilege for me to share with you today. They've asked me to share what I did with my family. And some of you may not agree with some of the things I did. A lot of you may agree. No argument. I just want to share with you what I did with my family. All I can do is tell you my story and tell you the truth. I'm not going to add on to it to make it sweet, and I'm not going to take away from it not to make it bitter. I'm going to tell you just what I did with my family because that's what they've asked me to do. I was raised by a godly father and a godly mother. They both prayed with me. They taught me the word of God. They read Bible stories to me. And they instilled that in me when I was a little boy. Uh, that's why it's so important to have that time with your children. And I'm going to read to you. Malachi 2.15 uh, says, He made husband and wife one, that he might seek a godly seed. You're put here for two reasons on earth. You know what they are, don't you? I just read it to you. You're put here to glorify God. And to raise a godly seed. And that's the only two things you're put here on earth for. Other, anything after that comes. That's another other thing. But this is the main two things we're here on earth for. To see that we raise a godly seed. And I could not have raised my, my children without a godly wife. I had a wonderful godly wife. And Jeannie, as you all know her, is right down there. And uh, she's been my partner with everything I've ever done. She's been my mentor. She'd they should have given her my Bible school diploma. She did all my studying with me. Um, she only helped me get through it, but she should have got the diploma. I um, I spent time with my parents. I mean, with my children. I, I I spent a lot of time with them. Children will imitate their parents. They imitate everything you do. They imitate the good things you do. They imitate the bad things you do. And it's what you do... In front of your children, that's going to mold their lives. And that's why the mother and father should be in agreement with everything you do. You don't have one child come into the mother saying, can I do this? And then she says, yes. And they go to the father and he says, no. If they came to my wife and she said, they said, can I do this? She said, what did your daddy say? They said, daddy said, no. She said, well, it's no. They came to me. They asked me if they could do something. I said, what did your mother say? They said, Mother said no. I said, well, it's no. They knew children are smart. They'll play you against each other. And and my children tried it. Richard, all of them tried it. (laughs) They try it, and uh, you just have to be very strong. The Bible says in Proverbs 22.6, you train up a child in the way he should go. And when he is old, he will not depart from it. And I heard a preacher this morning on TV specify that word train up means to bend like a bow. In other words, you mold your children when they're young. You train them when they're young. And they may go astray. If they go astray, the, the Bible tells you they'll come back. When they, if you train them right, they'll come back. And you have to have hands on. You have to know what your children are being taught. I knew what my children were being taught. I knew who their Sunday school teachers were. And I knew them personally which started out here, and I knew who their teachers were in school. And if the teachers or Sunday school teachers ever said anything which we thought was wrong, according to the word of God, I would go and confront them. I wouldn't let someone else mow my churn with, with the, their religious beliefs. And that's what fathers, that's what we're here for. We are responsible for our children. The fathers are. And we, we spent time with our churn. We loved them. We attended as many functions as we could. I went to all their soccer games, their matches, their whatever games they participated in, Gene and I went with them. I went to all their presentations, all the school functions. Boring a lot of it, but yeah. But you do it because you, your children feel you love what they're doing and they they feel that you are a part of their life. We were a part of their life. I was a part of my four boys' life. I grew up with my four boys. In fact, um, I'll tell you about that. I'll get to that in a minute. Be a good communicator. Be a good listener. Not only just speak and tell them what you want done. You be a good listener. Listen to your child. Children have concerns. Children, they have. They think different from we do. They think different from adults because they think we're basically stupid. <laughs> they think we don't know some of the things in life that they know more than we do. And then as they get older, they say, boy, my parents are smart. I never knew they were so that smart. Because then they get older, they see the mistakes they made. And on my 60th birthday, the best compliment I've ever had in my entire life, I have to digress and go to this. I turned 60, my father-in-law turned 90, Mertland Higgs, who godly man. He lived with me. And we had our birthday in Lynchburg, Virginia. We had a celebration. And we had maybe 15 friends. We had a little dinner. And Timothy, my third son, was the moderator of the whole evening, the singing, the service, the praying and everything. And he got up, he said, Dad, and he quoted that verse in Joshua. to me and my house, we will serve the Lord. He said, Dad, you made that your motto. You came to Bible school, you brought your children to Bible school, and you served the Lord. He said, and Dad, we never, none of our your four boys ever had to go out and buy a book to teach us how to love our wives. We watched it. We saw it in you. We saw how you loved our mother and how you treated her. And we never had to read a manual how to treat a woman. And that's the other thing I want to tell you. You godly fathers, love your wife. Treat them with respect. Show your children how, train them how to love their mothers so that they, when they get older, they'll, when they get a wife, they'll know how to treat a wife. Because not, not all men know how to treat their wives. I'm only telling you what I've experienced in my life. A lot of people look at all the gifts they have. A lot of my friends that I've had in life, they look at all their gifts. They look at the the wonderful homes they have, the wonderful cars, the businesses, the companies they run. And yeah, these are gifts. All those things are gifts from God. But you know one thing about all those gifts? They burn. They will go. They will not be in eternity. The only gifts that you will have in eternity are the godly seed. And the souls that you helped win to the Lord, or you have helped some ministry win to the Lord by supporting that ministry, thus the godly gifts that you will have in eternity. The other gifts we have here on earth, they burn. They don't last. They go. In eternity, they're going to mean nothing. We won't have any of those things. We won't have the money, the business, the cars, the vehicles, boats, whatever it is we think that is great. And all these things are good. They're wonderful. Great to have them. Um, anyway. I started my journey. I, Jeannie and I got married when I was 22. And before I turned 23, 24, whatever, we met Brother Weech. He was the first great man that came along in my life that mentored me. And most of you here know Brother Weech. He, uh, he became a friend of mine. He mentored me. He led me to the Lord when I was 25 years old. And my four children, We're born at the time, by the time he left the church here. But before he left, we dedicated our four boys to the Lord. We didn't do it just like that. We had a dedication service with him and his wife and our close family down in my home. I dedicated my four boys to the Lord. Little did I know that Richard would be in in ministry and be what he is. And Timothy's in ministry, and he's a great teacher. And Dave's in ministry, and Lance's in ministry. They're all involved in something. And, you know, that's the greatest gift that I've had in my life. And I, I'm not bragging. I, I'm just very happy. I am bragging. I'm happy about it. Uh, but I'm not saying that to demean anyone that their children aren't doing that. I'm just telling you my story. This is my story. Um, Pastor Weech left here after a few years, and then he went, went to the States. And in that time period, I'd met the second greatest man that ever came along in my life, Jim Cooper. And Jim and Betty, Betty used to sing here in the choir when she first came here to the Bahamas. Jim and Betty asked us to help start a church out west with a couple the families, and we started a New Testament Baptist church. And he was one of the greatest mentors I have in, had in my life. His, his emphasis in life was the family. Your family, family, family. And that was his ministry, family and winning souls. And he is the one planted the seed in my head he told, me, he told us one day, in one of his sermons, he said, there's a man up in Lynchburg, Virginia, named Jerry Falwell that's got a Bible school. He said, he's just started out. He said, you're going to hear great things about this man. He said, and I think that's a great Bible school. And he told me, he said, David, you need to consider going to Bible school to further educate yourself. And, man, I didn't want to hear that. I was I was late in my 30s. And he, he stressed all that with me. And he told me about it. He encouraged me and prayed with me about it. And he died at a very early age. He died at age 44. He left a big impact on the people that that ministered with him. I know I was one of them. He left a big impact in the Turkish Caicos where he ministered for 12 years. And then he came here. And they just had a dedication dedication service down in the Turks and Caicos for the church he started down there 50 years ago. He started New Testament Christian Academy, which has trained many of your children. And he started Baptist Bible Church where Howard Mills is right now. So this man had a big impact, and everything with him was family. The third man I it meant a lot to me in life, my life, Jim Cooper, introduced me to him. His name was Jack Harvey, Jack and Marguerite Harvey, and she's now Mrs. Pinder. You know, her husband died, Jack died many years ago, and Mrs. Pinder died, and her and Frankie married. They got together and got married later on in life. He was the third mentor in my life. He was a wonderful family man also, and he is the one was a big encouragement to me. He prayed with me. He encouraged me. to. He he carried that seed further. He watered it. He said, you need to go to Bible school and try to learn more. And I realized, listen, I realized not everybody could pick up and just go to Bible school. That's hard, especially when you're 38 years old. And to you all, that's old, eh? (laughs) Well, I was 38 when I went to Bible school. I graduated when I was 42. And um, that's many years ago. And He was he was such a big help to me, he encouraged me to go, and I made the decision, and he and Marguerite and their family went with us. They traveled with us, packed everything in containers, and drove with us to Lynchburg. We drove up, got me checked in school. We got checked into a home, got moved in, got settled, and then I met Dr. Falwell. This was the man that influenced my life, I'd say, more than anyone I've ever met in my entire life. This was a man that loved people. He loved children. He loved children, and he he had stressed to me many times. He said, "David." He told me this personally. He said, "Your children—they're your God-given responsibility, and you don't let anybody tell you what to do with your children. Nobody." He said, "I don't let anybody tell me what to do with mine, and don't." You? He said, "They are yours. You're you're responsible for them, and you're going to answer for them." And so I had these great men that had mentored my life, and everything was based around the family, the family, the family. And, of course, salvation, and learning more about God. And I tried to do as much as I could. He was a great encourager to me. He was a great encourager to my children. He was a great encourager to Richard. He encouraged Richard tremendously about being in ministry. And uh, anyone that knew him would know what, uh, what a great encourager he was. Then changes came. We don't see, changes come in our lives sometimes that we don't expect. I, I thought I'd say, I, I think I'll stay in the States. That's, that's how you think when you get there after a while you're there and you get settled in. They changed the tax laws and I had to come back home. I didn't want to get under that system. And I came back home and I had to make a decision to leave my two youngest boys or we'll bring them home. Lance was 13, Timothy was 15. And Jeannie and I, we prayed about it. We didn't know what to do. But her dad was living with me, Mr. Higgs, godly man. Clay Harvey was living with me. A lot of you know Clay. That's Marguerite's, uh, third, that's her third child, her second son. And Richard was in college. Dave was married. And I had Richard and Dave helping and her dad and Clay. And we made it. We came back home. And did we like it? No, we didn't like it. But I had a godly support group back to help take care of them. My phone bill was very high. I want you all to believe that. Because there was no such thing as Internet. There was no Skype. There was none of that stuff. When I came back home, and I had to use good old Batelco <laughs> for communication. And um, my phone bill became very high. But you know what? With the grace of God, we made it. We had rough times. I always said I would never, ever leave my children. Never. And you know what? I had to. It was They'd been in that system seven years. It was either they take them out of the system I had them in to go through their godly training or bring them back home. And there's nothing wrong with being back home. It's just that that's the decision I made. I wanted to go to Bible school, get my children trained, and then come home. And I came home without them. But you know what? They had good godly friends, and that's the only thing that helped. Because what happens when you hang around with bad friends? They do what? They corrupt They had good friends, and I always, when I think of this and tell this story, I always think of Dot Pender, Frankie's first wife, which is now in heaven. Dot told me many times, she said, David, we've talked about people getting in trouble. She said, if you had not with the crows been found, you would have been home safe and sound. In other words, if you don't lay, if you lay down with dogs, you're gonna get up with fleas. You hang around with bad fellas, they're gonna get you in trouble. Every time. That's a gimme. Every time. And um so now the thing I'm going to tell you about now some of you all may not like this is my this is my this is me and this is my family I had to break a generational curse in my family and that curse Exodus 3467 speaks about visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children and upon the children's children unto the third and fourth generation and if you've got a generational curse way back there and there's many many curses the curse in my family was alcohol, was liquor. And I don't need anybody to tell me about drinking. I drank. I'm not proud of it. Before I became a Christian, I drank. And I have I've been under the influence. I know what it's like to be liquor affects you. It changes your reasoning. It changes your thinking. And you do stupid things that you shouldn't do. And now this is just me speaking. Those who don't agree, I can't help it. But that was the curse I broke in my family. And I told my children, I said, um, I taught I taught them about it, and they never decided. So that was the first thing we did. The second thing, we never let our children play us against each other, like I told you earlier. We always stood in agreement on everything that we did with our children. We had fun with the family. We played with them. I spent summers with them. I, I grew up with my children. I was an active part of their life, and I realized everybody can't do that. But I gave up my stuff that I did. To do it with my kids, because now my kids are gone. And I just have my memories. They're gone, but I see them. They come back, and they bring their children. They bring my grandchildren. But children don't want to be around boring people. And they look at all the people as being boring. Ain't that right, kids? (laughs) Old people can be boring. I used to play games. Do I like playing some of these children games? I used to hate it. But I used to play games with my kids because they wanted to. Daddy played this and I'd play all these games, whatever they were. Rook and all this stuff and all these other games. And Jeannie and I would do it and we'd play for hours. And then I'd say, fine, that's enough for the night. Anyway, <laughs> my boys now, they're all married. They're all living godly lives. They're raising godly seed. Do they have trouble? Yeah, we have trouble. Yeah, I don't know anybody that doesn't. We have trouble just like everybody else. But you know what? It's how you handle your trouble. Dr. Farwell Has told me this a hundred times, and you've heard him say it on TV. You never, ever, ever quit. You get knocked down, you get up again. You don't ever give up. Troubles are going to come to everybody, because Satan is busy. And uh, he brought troubles, yeah. But I left last, but not least, is Pastor Lee. Pastor Lee, as you know, is our pastor. And um, as you know, Richard was called into the ministry, and he went to seminary. And he wanted to come back home and work and help the Bahamian kids. And he came back. He got married with Andrea, came back home. and He wanted to start Camp Bahamas ministry. He wanted to help the kids of this nation. And his greatest encourager has been Pastor Lee. The one that's really been behind him, helping him and pushing him and encouraging him. Because Richard met up with a lot, a lot of, what's the word for it? Uh, opposition. But some of it was worse than that. Some of it had evil behind it. But anyway, he met up with a lot of opposition, and he didn't give up. He kept pushing on. And Pastor Lee encouraged him. And he's had many struggles. And Pastor Lee, you're not here today, but I want to tell you, I appreciate you. You've been a mentor and a help to him. And I want to thank you for what you've been. Now, I'm going to plug Camp Bahamas while I'm here a minute. While I got you, you can't leave. (laughs) Camp Bahamas works with kids. They help kids. It's a Christian sports ministry on Eleuthera at Palmetto Point, and he has 24 acres. He has a lot of buildings being built. A lot of buildings are now built, and he operates camp during the summer with a spiritual aspect where kids learn about God, and they learn what it is to know God and worship God, but they also enjoy themselves with all the sports. They enjoy themselves with paint warfare, paint gun warfare, with kayaks, canoes, water skiing, Jet skis, they play all the sports, but they have a great time of spiritual worship every night. And I want to encourage you all, if you know a kid that can't afford to go and they want to go, try sponsor them or try or mention it to somebody at the church. You do know someone that wants to go and they'll try help them to go. Now, I'd like to show this last five-minute clip of these men of God, their final commitment, what they did with honoring God and, and what they decided to do to honor God at the end. And I would like to show this right now, and I'd like for Pastor Wendley to come up at the end of this clip and we close with a word of prayer. For the last six weeks, I've preached on God's design for fathers to be teachers, to be protectors, to be providers. I read to you this resolution that was written and signed by the four men standing behind me. But instead of just talking about these men, I'm going to ask Adam Mitchell to come and speak to us.
6: as a law enforcement officer, I've seen firsthand the deep hurt and devastation that fatherlessness brings in a child's life. Our prisons are full of men and women who have lived recklessly after being abandoned by their fathers, wounded by the men who should have loved them the most. Many of these children now follow the same pattern of irresponsibility that their fathers did. While so many mothers have sacrificed to help their children survive. They were never intended to carry the weight alone. We thank God for them. But research is proving that a child also desperately needs a daddy. There's no way around this fact. As you know, earlier this year, my family endured the tragic loss of our nine-year-old daughter, Emily. Her death forced me to realize that not only had I not taken advantage of the priceless time I had with her but that I did not truly understand how crucial my role was as a father to her and our son Dylan since her passing I've asked God to show me through his word how to be the father that I need to be I now believe that God desires for every father to courageously step up and do whatever it takes to be involved in the lives of his children. But more than just being there, providing for them, he's to walk with them through their young lives and be a visual representation of the character of God, their Father in heaven. The Father should love his children and seek to win their hearts. He should protect them, discipline them, and teach them about God. He should model how to walk with integrity and treat others with respect. And should call out his children to become responsible men and women who live their lives for what matters in eternity. Some men will hear this and mock it. Or ignore it. But I tell you that as a father, you are accountable to God for the position of influence he has given you. You can't fall asleep at the wheel. Only to wake up one day and realize that your job or your hobbies have no eternal value. But the souls of your children do. Some men will hear this and agree with it, but have no resolve to live it out. Instead, they will live for themselves and waste the opportunity to leave a godly legacy for the next generation. But there are some men who, regardless of the mistakes we've made in the past, regardless of what our fathers did not do for us, will give the strength of our arms and the rest of our days to loving God with all that we are and to teach our children to do the same. And whenever possible, to love and mentor others who have no father in their lives, but who desperately need help and direction. And we are inviting any man whose heart is willing and courageous to join us in this resolution. In my home, the decision has already been made. You don't have to ask who will guide my family, because by God's grace, I will. You don't have to ask who will teach my son to follow Christ, because I will. Who will accept the responsibility of providing and protecting my family? I will. Who will ask God to break the chain of destructive patterns in my family's history? I will. Who will pray for and bless my children to boldly pursue whatever God calls them to do. I am their father. I I accept this responsibility and it is my privilege to embrace it. I want the favor of God and His blessing on my home. Any good man does. So where are you men of courage? Or are you fathers who fear the Lord? It's time to rise up and answer the call that God has given to you, and to say, "I will, I will,
1: I will."
7: A good day, especially. I can't um, let this opportunity pass to say a very special Happy Father's Day to all the fathers, and in particular. I wish to really express, because I think as a as a father, it could not have happened had it not been for a, a godly wife, and so I wish to Amen. thank uh, my wife and the two godly children that he has given to me. Amen. I have no greater joy than to know that they are walking in the truth. Amen. And um, Brother David, I think is another trait of a godly father, uh, is to have the that trait of forgiveness and so I forgive you for thinking that some people speak long so
4: I accept I accept it
7: thank you (laughs) Uh, at this time I wish to ask uh, all of the the fathers would you please stand with me as we uh, dedicate you as well as ourselves to God will you take that position will you respond to the challenge will you stand to lead uh, your families And let me encourage you, there is still hope if you have not been doing that, because we do serve a God who gives you another opportunity to correct things or to do right, where you may not have done right. And so I ask you to stand with me, and in your own way, it is certainly a commitment, a dedication to God. we just standing here with you, uh, as fellow fathers with you, to dedicate ourselves so that we can certainly say without question, without doubt, that as for me and my house, We will serve the Lord. Amen. Let us pray. Our Father, and what a wonderful privilege it is to call you, Father. What an example you have been to us. I thank you for the godly fathers that are here this morning. I thank you for Brother David and how he has shared with us his personal journey through fatherhood. We thank you for his ministry, not, not only in his family, but beyond. And the impact that because he was a godly father, the impact that he's having around the world because he is living that out in his children. And now, Father, the fathers who are standing here before you this day, Lord, we dedicate ourselves to certainly to, to be the strength, to be the protector, the provider. Yes, to be, Lord, all that we are required to be in the families that you have given to us. Indeed, we will have challenges. We will have conflict. But, Lord, we ask that you will give us the courage that we will not quit because we have been given a mandate from you. This is indeed a gift, the gift of fatherhood. And for those who might be in the coming days, months, years, uh, become fathers, Lord, we dedicate them to you as well. Lord, I simply ask that of all the fathers who are present, that they will in their hearts make a commitment to you to lead their families so that they will take full responsibility, that they too will stand up and say, who will lead their families to godly living. I hope they will say resoundingly that I will. I pray there, Father, that those persons who's standing who will say whether or not they will pray for their children and their families. I pray that they will say unequivocally again, I will. Lord, we standing here in unison and in unity to simply say, Father, that we take the responsibility that you've given to us very seriously, and we stand in dedication to say today, before you and before our families, that we promise that we will lead our family in a godly way. We will live live and lead them, Lord according to how you have blessed and guided us in our lives. These things, Father, we pray in the name of your Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ, and all the fathers in the room says, Amen.
4: Thank you. Uh, let me just say this for, for the next part of the service. The fellow that spoke at the end, the, the white fellow spoke at the end, he's a pastor. The, the black fellow that spoke at the first one, he's a pastor. The little Hispanic fellow that spoke, he's a deacon. These are all men of God. These were just not actors. These are men of God. And that's why if you watch it, you could feel that you could feel that oneness with them. I, I felt it. when I watched the movie, you could feel it. Next.
0: Thank you very much. Let me give them another round of applause, please? Very, very powerful movie. I, I, I very much agree with you. I watched it and I was brought to tears, and I'm not even a father. So, um, right now we're going to have a session where we give gifts to our dad. So, we, could we ask all the fathers uh, here to stand, please? And uh, once you've received your gift, if you could please sit down so that you don't confuse the kids. Thank you.
1: We were made to be courageous.
0: of mine uh, often comments whenever we get into discussions about difficulties in life that we need to be like kids and every time he says that he says um my daughter whenever she needs something she just says daddy I need this and then she walks away and we all I guess as father's can really relate to the fact that kids at a certain age just expect their fathers to provide for them they don't care they don't know how it's gonna happen They don't know, okay, what's going to have to, sacrifices are going to have to be made. They just know that I told daddy, and so it's going to happen. And uh, that's kind of the attitude we we should take with the Lord as our Heavenly Father. So as we prepare for the offering right now, let's uh, just remember that. It's about nice, because as we bless the offering, Father, uh, I thank you that you are our Heavenly Father and that you are our provider and our protector. And all that a Father should be. I pray now that you would uh, bless this offering as it is taken up. As we attempt to give you back a portion of what you have blessed us so bountifully with. May we have cheerful attitudes as we do this. And I ask that you would cause the money to be used for the furtherance of your kingdom. Help us all to be diligent in the money that we do not give uh, as, as, as um, stewards of all the blessings that you have given us. I thank you for these things. In Jesus' name, Amen. And now, ladies and gentlemen, hypostatic union.
8: Good morning, everybody. Um, I want to wish a happy Father's Day to all the fathers, grandfathers, and the great-grandfathers out there. And a special happy Father's Day to my father Brother Randy Pearce. Happy Father's Day, Daddy. I love you. Um... (laughs) Uh, the song we're gonna sing together to, to get is every, called "Every Man," and it's not really it's it's a good song for fathers. But let's think about it for I want to dedicate this to all the fathers and the want the those who want to be fathers because it's talking about what is called for us to do as men and as fathers. And when we realize that all the things we have to do as fathers and as men in general, we realize we cannot do it on our own. And later on in the song, it talks about how. Jesus is our only hope because we can never do it on our own. We always need the help of God throughout the entire way, okay? So the song we're going to sing together is Every Mind.
9: All the toys and playing games I am the one who pours your coffee Corner booth each Saturday I am your daughter's favorite teacher I'm the leader of the band I sit behind you in the bleachers I am every man I'm the coach of every winning team I am the soldier in the airport facing giants one more time. I am the woman shamed and haunted by the cry of unborn life. Every broken man, nervous child, lonely wife. Unravel, and now I'm scared to take the leap. If I could find someone to follow, who shores the pain and feels the weight, the uncertainty of my tomorrow, guilt and pain of yesterday.
10: I am looking for men of honor. Are there any out here? I said, I am looking for men of honor. Can I find any here? I need men like Daniel, who are not afraid to stand up against a king and not eat any of his meats, who would rather face the wrath of a lion's den than to bow to a false god. I need men of honor. Are there any out there? I said, I am looking for men of honor. Are there any out there? I need men like Joseph, who are close enough to God to realize that despite Mary's very strange pregnancy, he realized that this was divinely inspired. And he was strong enough to stand by her despite any persecution and the social perceptions of carrying an illegitimate child and having a promiscuous wife. I am looking for men of honor. Are there any out there? I am looking for men of honor. Are there any out there? I need men like the prodigal son's father, who despite everything that the son had done to him, he still receives him back in love and forgiveness. Are these men here in these pews? I think I see them now. They spend their time tirelessly providing for their families and to rearing their children. These men sacrifice And they mentor and they train young men like me who hope to become fathers so that we have a legacy of men of honor in this country. I'm looking for men of honor who provide for their wives and their children, who give their word and do not let their brothers down. I am looking for men of honor who put their entire trust in God and use that faith to get them through these turbulent times. I will leave you with a question like this When you look into the mirror, do you see a man of honor?
0: Thank you. Jesus is the hope of every man. Amen. Now we come to the section where we give you a chance to say something special about your dad, pay tribute to him, or you can answer the question, how does your dad show that he is a man of honor, in keeping with the
1: theme for today. So we're going to have a mic, or we supposed to have a mic. Translated, we love you, dad. Thank you, Dad, for listening and caring,
0: for sharing and giving, but especially for being you.
1: We love
0: you.
7: For all you do, so dependable and true. A God
0: sent. We can't say it enough. With love, thank Thank you you for being being you.
2: you. Hey, Papa. Hey, Papa.
8: We just want to
4: wish you happy Father's
2: Day. We hope you have a great day.
8: Yes, we love you.
2: Miss you. Bye. Bye. A father doesn't tell you
8: that he loves
10: you. He shows you. We love you, Papa! You are a shepherd to your flock, like King David in the Bible.
8: And a companion for travel has never been a
0: rival. In all that you do, love plays a part.
10: There's always going
11: to be a place for you deep in our hearts.
1: Happy Father's Day, Papa. I love you. Happy Father's Day, Papa.
9: Happy Father's Day, Daddy, no matter the distance or the age. I'm still your daddy's little girl. I'm still daddy's little girl, and I love you very much. Enjoy your special day, and we wish we were there with you. God bless. We love you.
0: Happy Father's Day, Dad.
9: Anybody can be a father.
4: But it takes a special person to be called Dad. We We love love you, you, Dad. Dad.
1: Happy Father's Day!
11: I love my dad for who he is, and that... He works in the yard to help us move
1: to
0: the state. I'm going to just take the time to say a quick word about my father, uh, Randy Pierce. Um, One particular story I wanted to tell one thing that uh, always stuck with me about my father. Um, When we lived in in Florida, um, he was working with the inner city ministry in, in Florida. And uh, I remember one particular instance when the family was supposed to go out. We had a car, and it wasn't, it wasn't the newest car. It wasn't the best-looking car. It, it was a car. It got you from A to B. And I was at that stage, I guess, when I didn't want to be seen in such an embarrassing automobile. So I remember grumbling something. I had to go. I mean, there was no option. But I had to go with the family. I remember grumbling something about, I don't know why we have to drive around in this broke-down car, or some, something to that effect. My father heard me, unfortunately. And he took me aside, and he scolded me. But above all else in this scolding, I don't remember much about it, but what was impressed upon me about the whole thing was the attitude that, what upset him the most was my attitude that I'm not grateful for something that God has provided for us. It wasn't so much... Uh, grumbling. It wasn't anything else but the fact that this was something God had given us, and I wasn't being grateful for it to God. And that impressed on me for my whole life. I always remember that. And uh, to this day, I remember at my wedding, this guy gave a toast, and uh, he was visiting me at school, and I drove a car at school. Uh, it wasn't a best-looking automobile. It wasn't. It was a car. It's, Big old Mercury, Grand Marquis, rusty, paint chipping, everything. But I was proud because it was a gift that God had given me. And I remember this guy, he was visiting me. And I didn't notice at the time, but I was taking him around and showing him the places. And he mentioned in his, in his uh, toast at my wedding that, you know, I met this guy and he's just so proud of this vehicle. And I'm just like, something must be wrong with him. Why would you, why would you be proud of something like that? And then he also mentioned that as he got to know me, he realized that I didn't uh, find my worth in uh, the things that I possessed, but I knew my worth was in Christ. And uh, I was grateful for the gift that God had given me. But I just want to thank my dad for that, because I always remember that lesson. He always focused on attitude or gratitude, always being grateful to God for whatever he gives to you. So, I love you, dad.
1: my dad because he if
11: he uh, he taught me about the Lord.
0: That's everybody. Alright, uh, before I go in prayer, I just had a few thoughts that uh, just I, I wanted to share. I always wonder about things, and one of the things I wonder about is little kids when they're young they always think that their father's the strongest man in the world. The father's the boss. The father's smarter than everybody else's father. And you hear them saying things like that when they're in kindergarten, and growing up. And then I guess as reality sets in, they realize that you know, he there's someone who knows more than him. He's he's not the strongest. You know? In fact, he doesn't even know that much. Actually, I know more than him. But I always wondered if, in fact, that this. I guess, gift that uh, God gives these kids is not, rather than just being an exaggeration, a God-given thing, because God is actually the one that fulfills all of those expectations that little kids have of a father. He is the strongest in the world. He is the one who knows everything. He is the one who's the boss in charge. So as I was thinking about this, I realized that perhaps maybe we can encourage, oh, I say we, I'm not a father, but fathers can encourage this in their kids, not so much towards them, but towards God. Because we all realize that we're all God's children. So um, they can take excitement in the fact that, hey, I don't know everything. I'm not the strongest, but you know what? We both have a daddy that knows everything and is the strongest. Um, so that's just something I wanted to share. But I think we've all been blessed by the service today. Yes, 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 yes. Okay, so I'm going to close in prayer. And once again, on Amen, a big happy Father's Day to God, to God. Okay, Don't forget. Father in heaven, we thank you for uh, the service and uh, all that was heard and shared. We ask your blessing upon all the fathers here today, and those who made commitments, those who didn't have to because they were already great fathers, those who were honored I pray especially for those who don't have their fathers anymore. I ask that you would comfort them, that you would help them to realize that you are still there and you will always be there as the great Heavenly Father. And um, that you would comfort them at this time especially. Uh, I pray for the remainder of this day. I pray that what we've learned and heard and the commitments that we've made would stay with us. and That you would continue to bring them to our minds by your Holy Spirit. As we go out, I pray that you would guide us and direct us, help us have a wonderful day, have appreciation for fathers and for you, who is the great heavenly father by which who is our ultimate example, both for fathers and for all of us. I thank you once again, and I ask your blessing upon the remainder of this day. In Jesus' name. Amen. Great, great,
1: great job.